And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for $3.99 a month. Before I bring McKelly in, I need to tell you guys about an event that we're hosting in eight days. It's the NBA Draft so Lottery. Miffed. I know. I wish you could be there so bad. Uh, June 22nd. Be there. Get there at 6.30, maybe even earlier, if you're wanting a table, if you're wanting a spot. Uh, we are hosting a down-to-dunk lottery party. So it's going to be at the Mule in Edmond. So there are two Mule locations. This is the one in Edmond, Oklahoma. So the address is 16 South Broadway in Edmond. So come, I believe they're going to have some outdoor seating and also some nice indoor seating. So be sure to just come and enjoy it. We will be there. I figured we just need each other now more than ever with uh, these lottery results coming. Oh, shoot. We have uh, the tall shot. OKC saying that he will be there. So perfect. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun event. This is kind of our, this will be our first event that we've had since COVID and the lockdown and everything. So we'll do that and then follow by an NBA draft party that will be at the end of July. So uh, should be fun. Should be a really fun environment. Should be the most like nervous environment that you've been in in a long time. So come in and enjoy it. It'll be a good time. That's at the Mule in Edmond. Uh, McKellie, what's up? Well, uh, playoffs are great. Yeah. So we are diving into uh, prospects. So this is the best part of the year. Well, the best part would be having OKC playing uh, high-level basketball again, which yeah. may be happen uh, in the coming season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... After the bubble, these playoffs are just just give a different taste. Yeah, I mean, I just watched the condensed about Phoenix and the full game of Bucks against Nets. I mean, the physicality that is there was not um, the same last season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Tucker and Durant went at each other for the entire game. It's awesome. And and Chris Paul, man, <laughs> again, I just saw ten minutes, but he did stuff that I mean. You just have to watch him. It's um, it's a must-watch show, and um, I'm so glad that um, this year we have new teams that are kind of on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a different season, and um, again, so much fun. Yeah, Phoenix is really good. Uh, yeah, I'm. I hope that we get Mike Conley back because. If the Jazz do indeed go on to beat the Clippers, which is not a foregone conclusion, you know, the Clippers battled no. back from down from 0-2 before, so this is not done by any stretch. But if it is the Jazz, 
give me Mike Conley back. Give me the full rosters of these two teams against each other. I just think it would be really fun. I think it's a really, actually a really good matchup between those two teams. You got Booker and Mitchell. You have Conley, Chris Paul. You have Gobert, Aiton, and then you have all like these. Like they they're both pretty deep teams with like lots of auxiliary yeah. pieces there. So to me, that would be. That'd be a super fun series, and yeah, Chris Paul is balling. That's I'm really glad because I thought after he got hurt against the Lakers in round one, like oh boy, like this could be like this could be bad. Um, give me just one second here. Talk about the playoffs for a second. I'll be right back. Have you? I mean, uh, you guys on on the stream, have you seen the the moment where he faked a pass, Chris Paul? I mean, and. And just gave the ball some English. Uh, the ball came back to him, and and he shot that that patented mid range. That was a moment where you could see him just being like total confidence, completely in control of the game. And it was I miss him. Uh, I miss Chris Paul. Uh, it was a fun season. The season that we had him here, and um, yeah, Lawrence Field in the chat. That that fake pass was. Yeah, complete insanity. To me, though, uh, the most insane thing about uh, Phoenix, and and too bad that I don't have like three hours a day to watch every single game, but the fact that um, Phoenix trusted Aiden to be one-on-one coverage against Jokic for basically the entire game and just be okay with the results, trusting him against Anthony Davis, that to me is making all the difference. And I may be a homer, I may have bias, but the fact that they hired one of the best coaches um, in terms of preparation of bigs and stuff like that in Mark Bryant, to me, you can see the difference in Aiton between season one and season two and three. He basically changed, he changed him. He he is a guy that now welcomes physicality. He's a guy guy that dunks on people, and again, He's defending Jokic one-on-one. Yes, he made some mistakes, but who cares? The point is, if you have a player that can defend Jokic one-on-one, then you have a chance against Denver. And to me, um, yes, Chris Paul was, again, insane. But that, to me, was uh, probably one of the keys against both the Lakers and, um, and, and the Nuggets. And if they face the Clippers... Well, different different uh, opponent and different strategy, but I would love to see him against Gobert. Also yeah. against the Clippers, because, they, I mean, they don't have a natural five. And so how does Aiton respond? Does he dominate offensively because they, they can't guard him? Or they are able to basically scheme him out of the, after the court? That, to me, um, is very, very interesting going forward. You know what Aiden's shooting in the playoffs? What percentage? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's over seventy-five percent from the from the field. He's down but a little bit. Maybe wrong. Seventy-two, about seventy-two percent. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's still pretty wild yeah. for for a guy that takes ten shots a game. It's pretty wild. Yes. He just doesn't miss. That's uh, yeah. He's been tremendous, and that was like was one of my one of my big questions heading into the playoffs. Like, what do we get from Aiden? And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. He's a lot is the answer. He's a really yeah. good player. Uh, which has been tremendous for them. Uh, and then on the other side, you h- hate for injuries um, 
to kind of impact the playoffs as much, but it happens every year, whether we like to remember yeah. it or not. And it's happening right now with the Brooklyn Nets. They don't have Kyrie Irving now, who was on crutches and in a boot. Um, Doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, the The initial injury didn't look good either. <laughs> it's like bone, no. his ankle bone, like touching, uh, you know, the floor like it did is kind of nasty. So uh, I don't yeah. know what to expect there going forward. But if you're a Bucks fan, you have to be, you have to be pretty excited because I, I really didn't think Milwaukee was going to get this game. I just didn't think it was going to mm-hmm. happen. Even after Kyrie went down, I was like, okay, well, let's see what they got. And we had a really, really good Giannis game. Middleton has had two good games in a row, which is nice to see. Yeah. And then they got just just enough off the bench. So. I don't know, man. I I think I think we have ourselves a series now, and now Durant's going to have to step up and do it on his own, which is something he hasn't ever really done. Like he's never really had to do it, and the times where he's had opportunities to do it, like against the Grizzlies in round two when Russ after Russ got hurt in that Patrick Beverly injury, and that was so long ago. But still, you know, he he couldn't he didn't rise to that occasion then. And I think it's going to be even harder now because... Oh, yeah. like He has way less talent around him right now. Yeah, way less talent. Compared to back then. I mean, like, he's he's their big rim protector. Like, that's yeah. that's it. Because they're off the bench. It's, you know, Jeff Green came back yesterday. He played almost 30 minutes. And then it's Blake. Like, it's Kevin. Like, so much falls on Kevin's shoulders. And I worry about that for him. Because, I mean, he had to play 42 minutes yesterday. Yeah, that's I mean, way too much. That's way too much on a guy who just God had an Achilles the, the, injury. Yeah, Steve Nash decided to to pull the starters with four twenty eight, I think. Yeah, remaining. So it's and it was a wise decision. And he still Basically, played forty two minutes. Yeah, he would have been yeah. forty six. Easy. Yeah, he rested. I think a minute and a half in the in the second half, and then the same in the third, and that that was it. Yeah, um, it's crazy. And um, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that Milwaukee can stay with Brooklyn with two stars. They just don't have, yeah. unless they decide to go to do what they did in the third, I think, uh, where they they decide to, to to go with Yanis uh, at the five. Yeah, I, I don't. I still don't understand why that. I know that Brook Lopez is way better player than uh, Conadon or guys like that, mm-hmm. but there's so much to exploit. If you have Yanis um, at the five, because Conaton is a way faster shooter than 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 Lopez is, mm-hmm. and they they will just live with Lopez taking trees, because I mean if you have KD and, and it happened a lot of time when, when Lopez was in the court, if you have KD roaming around uh, the paint and the ball goes to Lopez, KD can close out mm-hmm. and avoid the shot. Mm-hmm. So it's not really spacing. There is no space for Yanis to work when Lopez is out there. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't know why um, they. Well, they, they with, with Kyrie out, uh, they they had like just better players. But I wonder mm-hmm. if if this is something that they have to do. They have to downsize um, in order to. Well, if. Kai Kai seems, seems a no go for the rest of the series. We'll see. Harden is a no go. So it's 
it probably doesn't matter, but I would love to to see uh, what happens when Yanis is at the five. And I'm afraid that if they face the Clippers in the finals, which can still happen, uh, then they have to do that. Yeah. And to me, to me, it's still the best way to maximize guys like Ben Simmons and and to the combo because yeah. yes, they will be. You cannot play them forty minutes like that, but you yeah. need to play them twenty five minutes, twenty minutes. The death lineup in the playoffs was like a fifteen plus minutes a night with 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 Raymond at the center spot, and that is how you unlock completely a guy like Yanis because you have space, uh, you can run more. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, there's really no reason not to run him at the five against this team. There's just I just yeah. Yeah, you're not playing against Jokic, or even if you were, you still should probably do it. It's putting Giannis in the best position to succeed. Yeah. Are you telling me that, that Giannis cannot face Jokic? You I mean, can. maybe with Embiid, you question Embiid, the yeah, fact Embiid that you is are. probably the only one, right? Like, if they make it, if yeah, they but, both but make it, it onto the next round, then that's what you yeah. kind of question. But even then, I would try. Because I want to tire out Embiid. I want him to to be either uh, stationary uh, or just to be to try to guard the pick and roll. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, I just want to see that mm-hmm. Rana Forbes Yanis pick and roll, mm-hmm. and Embiid has to come out because Forbes is a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rana Middleton Yanis pick and roll. They did it last night, mm-hmm. and it works because Middleton is a crazy shooter, a very fast shooter. So either Embiid stays down and then. I mean, just just let Middleton cook, mm-hmm. or he comes out, and then you have everything open for Yanis. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's it's exciting now that I think we have a series with this. But again, like I'd rather see everybody everybody going at it. But anyways, is there any chance that Harden goes for Game Six Seven? I don't know. They've been very weird about even the language that they use with regards yeah. to. They call it tightness. Let me tell you what the injury is. So I don't know. Tightness. Hmm. You know. Yeah, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, could be anything. Yeah, I have no, I have no clue. It makes you think it's worse than it really is. If it was bad, they just, or if it was fine and he'd be day to day, they'd tell you what the injury is. But I, maybe they, maybe they were very confident about winning game four. And to be honest with you, I, I thought that I was quite first. Yeah. I was quite confident yeah. too. Yeah, I thought so. Maybe he dresses up for Game Five, and and this series is not a series anymore because I think that Harden can do way more damage than than Kyrie, too, especially if you have broken the court. But we'll see. We'll see. There have been Harden has had his moments where you he should have been dominating, and yeah. he doesn't. Like that's against Lou Dort, for example. Lou yeah. Dort, that Spurs series a few years ago. I mean, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of instances, so I don't, I'm not that so sure. That Manu block. Yeah. I'm, you remember? Oh, block. yeah. Oh, yeah. That From Manu, behind. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. What a moment. It's, it's one of my one of my personal best moments of my life was that, was that Manu <laughs> block. Yeah. Uh, and game seven was even weirder because they, yeah. they were competitive in game six and then game seven, they just didn't compete. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was... A very weird series. That is probably the series that raised raised more questions about Harden and yeah. about the the toll that he sustained during the season, or the fact that he doesn't have stamina for yeah. like playing at this pace in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm uh there all these series are pretty intriguing. Maybe the the least is Sixers Hawks, you think? Mhm. Unless the Hawks can Yeah, get the I watched game. very little. Yeah, it 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 feels like the Sixers are just going to out talent and out tough this Hawks team, which is okay. Like that's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's okay if you're a Hawks fan because they they're still very very young. They're without uh, DeAndre Hunter, who is their yeah probably their second best player. Yeah, and and when we discuss the Hawks, I I tend to agree with what you say uh, about the the fact that they um, they did everything a little bit too early. Yeah. Um, but there are two but one is uh, Bogdanovich is. Uh, very very good player in his mm-hmm. prime mm-hmm. and and he can raise the sitting quite a lot and and also hunter hunter is a big if so if he uh, if he's able to be a true number two guy a very good number two guy then then you can see why they they did it um mm-hmm. and like bogdanovich is a big opportunity i mm-hmm. think mm-hmm and he's a player that if you can get, he's, uh, I think he's 29. He has, I think, uh, a full contract left of very, very good basketball. So yep. those to me are, 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 I would say, point of views that where you can say, well, I kind of understand. I probably tried to wait a year longer, but I see, I, I can see why they did it. Now, granted, I, I don't see them being in par with Milwaukee, Philly, or, or the Nets anytime soon, yeah. unless, again, Hunter and, and, and Trey becomes a really, really good pairing that, that leads you to um, like higher than, than where they are now. And they have a lot of lot to do with Collins in the offseason. Uh, that, to me, will, will tell a lot about, about the direction that they want to take, because that contract is an avenue to get something that really helps you. And, and he's a guy, I know that we are going completely off topic, but uh, stay with me for another second. Yeah. I think that Boston uh, could be, Boston and, and Marcus Smart can be a trade partner. Um, Collins is a player that will that can help Boston hmm. uh, to some degree. And, and I can see if they don't find anything for Kemba and they want to upgrade, um, Collins can be a player that you say, well, Let's just sign and trade. Uh, we'll give you smart and a couple of young players, and and probably give us a pick, so, something like that. I, I don't know. Sure. I, I don't know how to construct the deal, but but that to me, and having smart, and then you have seven, eight players that are really, really good. Yeah, and I yeah, smart's perfect on that Hawks team. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know what to think about Collins. Um, they need to get a good defensive center to play alongside. Well, can, yeah, yeah, and I think that you can you can do with Hunter in, in, instead of him, and just having more wings instead of like just play Capella and Okongu, and just don't play another semi big. Just be, yeah. Uh, just have like Hunter, Gallo, or Bogdanovic, and guys like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's fine. I'm just talking to... about Celtics. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yes, probably, probably so. That's they why, will, like they Capella. Will. Capella's nice. Like he's a nice piece next to him. Yeah, I don't know. What yeah, but do. I, 
I still don't like the idea of having Collins and, and another big because the spacing is just not there. Yeah. Well, you got to find somebody, somebody that defends. defends yeah, or being just multi-tool guy. very good defenders from one to one to four, yeah. which with Kemba is not the case. Anyway, enough probably for Boston. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go take a look. So we have the lottery in eight days, seven hours, 48 minutes and 21 seconds. It's, uh, it's going to be here so soon, McKellie. Uh, one, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about this? Um, I feel as a mathematician that we have good odds. Yeah. That is my feeling. Okay. And we have very good odds about getting one top five pick. Um, not 100% odds. So we, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. Whatever we get, it's probably fine. So let's send the lottery uh, a couple times. On tankathon.com and see where we land. Yeah. Oh, sheesh. One in five. Okay, let's should we let's, stop? Let no, 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 no. We need to we need to get at least one where we are where we are at seven or six. Yeah. So we just rolled one in one in five for those listening on the pod. If you're watching on YouTube, you can watch these rolls with us. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that would be wonderful. Oh gosh, one in five again. Two rolls in a row. This is this is getting. Why are you wasting this? Oh gosh, one in one in eighteen. That's three yeah. in a row. There's five and okay. six. But it's still awesome. Five and six. Five and six is so great because you can get whoever's left over. We don't know who these other teams like. It could just be Kaminga, which yeah, cool. Take him. And again, it could it could be that Sacramento goes for Cade, Detroit goes for uh, even Mobley and yeah. or or for Suggs and Minnesota says, well, is that who I we don't want? like either. Yeah, yeah, we like we like Kuminga best. So okay. let's trade trade me five and six, and I'll I'll get three. Yeah. So th- these things are up there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can be up in the air. Here's five five, five and eighteen. Like yeah, still that's... acceptable. Like still acceptable yeah. if you're the Thunder and the, with the kind of season you have and with the kind of roster that you have. You know, if you're yeah. if you're Houston or Detroit, like you've got you've got to go get you like one of these top picks is essential. And it's essential for OKC yeah. too. Like it really is. Yeah. I try to downplay it just for my own emotions, I think. Uh, and here's like here's also a obviously a an outcome that can happen. Houston gets the number one pick. OKC gets six, and that's six and eighteen. That's a yeah. rough, that's a rough outcome. That's not one yes. that you would celebrate. Uh, no, definitely a not a whole lot because they fall uh, two slots, and you don't and you don't get the Houston pick because in a lot of cases, when OKC falls multiple slots, you also get that Houston pick. But this is yeah, this of is, course. This is kind of the doomsday scenario yeah. that is certainly possible and that's yeah. when you have to look at the okc scouting staff and their basketball ops and say okay go put the work in figure out the guy from 6 to 14 that's going to be the best and take whoever it is i mean that's yeah it will be that will be yeah. their job and it's the same job 1 through 5 but 
the talent that's there is it's better <laughs> just frankly it's better uh, yeah. okay we're going to take a quick break and then after that we're going to answer as many of these Twitter questions as we can All right, we're back from this quick break, and we are going to answer your Twitter questions. First question from at Tyler K. Field. If OKC lands the fifth pick, how much would it cost, or would you be willing to give up five to move up one spot to four? You know, it, it, you, cannot, you cannot answer like this, uh, with a question like this, I think. It depends. It really depends who's there. Yeah. Uh, if somehow you are extremely high on Giddy or um, Scotty Barnes or uh, guys like that, then nothing is the right answer. If Kuminga is your guy and Kuminga is there and you know that you, you can have a deal, then another first and maybe another asset. That's if, if you want to say six plus 18 plus a second rounder or two second rounders. If Kuminga, you think that Kuminga has superstar potential, yeah, just do it. Um, do one first and two seconds. Why not? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think that, again, if um, in a situation like this, Orlando is not as high on Kuminga, mainly because they have all copycats of Kuminga already and they, they like another guy, then why not? Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to backtrack a little bit. Michaela, you have some stats for me that I forgot about. I need um, you to give me some yeah. stats. And then we'll go back it's, to the... We'll go, we'll, we tease the, the Twitter questions. We'll come back. <laughs> I will be extremely quick. So um, Shea's overall plus minus uh, is minus 8.2. Um, can you guess uh, what is the plus minus when he doesn't play with either Roby or Baze? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> so it? minus eight point two is the the plus minus of the entire season. Two thousand plus possessions. Minus fifteen. Plus twelve. What? So whenever Shea plays and Baze and Robbie are on the bench, Shea has oh, I'm a plus. Sorry. I'm understanding now. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's a bad. That's an indictment. To me, that is Shea needs a four that can space the court for yeah. him. And and Horford was um, a very good spacer. So either um, Horford or Muscala works great. Um, but the fact that whenever he is with lineups with Kenrich at the four or with Dort at the four, lineups like that, he is very effective. Granted, this, the sample size is very slim but i wonder if the lack of spacing and the lack of shooting around shea at the four position is part of the reason why um he wasn't those units were not as effective mm-hmm. and um it's not it's not that robbie and Bayes are bad players it's that if you want to play them with shea i i would see them more as super small ball fives yeah and not not fours they're not respected shooters right no, no, they are not. And uh, and with Shea, you need either a very uh, vertical uh, pick-and-roll partner with shooters or you just need guys that can space the court. And mm-hmm. I think that, again, this, this is probably meaningless, uh, but 
I see that I checked a few lineups with um, two or more non-shooters, and that affects Shea so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, which is, it'll be very interesting to see how they build this roster around Shea, but it's uh, shooting has always been important. It's never not been yeah. important. It's important no matter who you have, but it may be even more important when it comes to Shea, just because of yeah. the, the speed at which he plays. Like you need real respected shooting on on the wing for sure okay second second question for you so um i dug a little bit into pokushevsky efficiency stats and overall he had a very very bad 41 percent effective field goal can yeah. you guess how that number goes when okc was losing so when okc lost the game or when they won the game so 41 is the overall. Granted, they lost way more games mm-hmm. um, with him on the court, but... Maybe like 31 in losses and like 53 in wins? That is quite close. 51 in wins and 37 in losses. Okay. Uh, because there is more losses. So that. So I said, well, well, of course, it will happen to everyone. Not the case. Uh, so Shea is 57, 60, and 54. So plus three, minus three. Uh, Teo is basically 49, flat. Yeah. Uh, Lou Dort, minus three, plus three again. Horford, very similar. Um, Kenrich is a bit more on the winning side, like 60 on average, 60. That, wow, that's, crazy. that's okay. wild. Um, 68, 57, so 68 when they win. So the closest is Isaiah Roby, 52 overall, 62 and then 48. This might be through shooting, so uh, and not effective. But anyway, mm-hmm. my point is, there are very few players in OKC that has this kind of wide margin between their average and what they do when OKC wins mm-hmm. and when they when OKC loses. So I, of course, you don't want to imply the fact that when Pokushevsky plays well, OKC wins. But it is a trend that I want to monitor somehow mm-hmm. because there were games where Pokushevsky was awesome and the flow was insanely good. And when he has just basically no flow and all misses, you can see OKC playing miserable basketball. So yeah. I wonder if a good version of Pokushevsky can impact winning next year. That is that is more of a question, more so than um, like some magic correlation, because of course, if, if your players, if your uh, role players play well, then you have more chances to win. Uh, yeah. That's 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 not a big surprise, but Pokushevsky numbers are quite extreme in that, and I wonder if um, with him improving, uh, if he improves next season, um, if we if we have a bump just because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Last one, uh, can you tell me what is the top five players in terms of assisted trees? Wait a second. So I want to know uh, the players in OKC that uh, are assisting their teammates better. So um, I have here a list. On passes of uh, Al Orford, the teammates shot X percent. I want to know which one are the best. So the best, pass, the, the best passers. Yeah, uh, it's. I wouldn't say best passers, but the the ones the passes uh, that, that led to the best percentage from three. Great. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, is Give me the counting, top five. Is counting everybody? No. Um, I I took away uh, like guys like Josh Hall and guys like that. But um, okay, Hill, Hill, George Hill, for example, is in the list. He is on the list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, Shay. No. No. Dort. No, and the, uh, yes, Lou Dort is second, thirty-seven percent on his passes. Okay. Uh, Shea is at 35.4, and the reason why is that he assisted a lot of shots to uh, Pokushevsky, Baisley, mm. and Roby. Mm. Mm. So Dort is number two. Um, Teo? Teo is quite bad, 31.5. Teo is one of the worst, actually. <laughs> George Hill, as you mentioned? George Hill is worse than, than, uh, than Teo Maledon, actually. So Ty 30%. Jerome? Ty Jerome is first, 38.3%. Wow. Interesting. On roughly four or five passes per game. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Who else was passing? Um, Bayes? Bayes is number four. Okay. 36.5. Poku is number five, thirty-six point four five, so Kenrich? slightly better than. No, Kenrich is thirty-five point three. Okay. Roby. The last one is Hamidou Diallo. Oh, okay. We're still counting Hami. Hami was yeah. good. Hami was super good yeah. for OKC, yeah. especially corner trees. Yes. Um, this is again meaningless, uh, but the number that I was trying to go to get after was the number of passes that Shea dedicated to trees. And it is mm-hmm. actually half of his passes for shots are for trees, which is very good. Nine trees per game generated by Shea. Um, and that is also like something where you can see OKC improving next year because the mm-hmm. fact that they shot just 35.4% on trees, it's actually a low percentage uh, yeah. compared to the fact that Shea delivers pretty good passes. Mm-hmm. okay all meaningless but i think that uh <laughs> these are weird stats that to me have something into that that is worth looking next season so the fact again and to me the fact that shay needs to play with, with good shooters is is um again probably trivial but mm-hmm. uh it's in the number as well yeah no i think it's it's good to go back and look at some of this stuff because i think Sometimes the things we remember in our heads are wrong about mm-hmm. about players and what they did this past season. Uh, okay, I've got very few minutes left, but let's fire through yeah. a few of these. Uh, from my buddy Peter Bergman at Peterman33, is it a good tanking strategy to trade for a good player who is injured? Example, Jamal Murray. Doesn't make the team better short term, but it could contribute on up, on the upswing in a couple seasons. Yeah, but those are hard uh, to um, to trade for. I mean, yeah. you, if you can trade for Clay, well, sure, but the, it's a high risk because you don't know how they come back, and it's also high risk for the, the teams he's trading it, him for because it's uh, why do you want to trade Jamal Murray? Um, yeah, they won't trade Jamal like, Murray. Yeah, exactly. Likely, uh, what you get back is not enough, and it's mm-hmm. not worth for both sides. It's um, it's a nice idea. But it's the, the way in which you do it is exactly what OKC had this past season. You have your best player injured, and then you tank. Mm-hmm. Not yes. like getting a player for another team. Yeah, it's tricky. 
uh, at JPOSU, if you could somehow have a choice in this upcoming draft between 20-year-old versions of Kawhi, Chris Paul, and Anthony Davis to put next to SGA on this Thunder team, knowing how they turn out as players, who would you choose? So it's Kawhi? Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. Probably AD. Yeah. Yeah, it's, to me it's... A healthy AD? If health counts, then it's probably Kawhi or Chris. But if if, if we don't count... They all have the game, health issues. Yeah, but yes. But, but I mean, AD has probably the more... He's had the most. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's had a lot. Kawhi's... Do you want Kawhi in OKC? Do it, does the personality also impact it? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, probably AD. If you give me a healthy Anthony Davis, the guy's a monster. He yeah. makes your defense, like your defense already like top 10, boom, he's here. Great. Yeah. Uh, he and can he, hit threes, he can create it for yeah. himself, he can pick, pick and roll, pick and pop. Like he's Yeah, he's give me that one. guy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is probably a way of telling us that we should pick Mobley in this draft. But anyway. Maybe. Suggs, Green, and or Suggs, Cade, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Sug, Perhaps. Suggs, Kuminga, and Mobley. We just need to know that Mobley is going to have the same fire that AD has. Well, if Mobley is an Anthony Davis type of player, of course, you need to draft him. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, okay, last question before I've got to go. Uh, at Bangelope says, what's the best summer drink in Italy? Uh, I would say Aperol Spritz, which is basically, uh, can we can we discuss alcoholic beverage or just virgin yeah. beverage? Whatever. Yeah, it's 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 basically um, white wine, sparkling wine, uh, plus um, something some alcoholic beverages called Aperol, which is a little bit sour, and the mix is just insane. Refreshing, good. It's good with appetizer. You, if you come to Italy, you need to to get a spritz. Okay. So that that's it. That sounds delightful. All right, everybody, have a delightful yeah. day. Please come to the Mule with us, Mule in Edmond, with us next Tuesday. Uh, get there early. The uh, the spots will be limited, so be sure that you uh, get there quickly. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you guys again. On Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.